You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now. Oh, what a glorious edition this shall be. I see Ira, I see Corey. Away we go. The hour brought to you, as always, by our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, sausage! There you go, Corey. Got right to it. Ben Ben said that uh, they're working on some merch with Yay Sausage uh, on the the merch. So we'll see uh, see how that takes off. That's Mm. awesome. I don't know about that, Ben. That's just just encouraging them. Well, uh, I think we've... Yeah, I don't think there's any more encouragement needed. Yeah, I guess that ship's already sailed, hasn't it? It has. Uh, yay sausage and yay register sausage specifically. Uh, Ira, tell everybody how they can go online and get it. Yeah, that's the thing. If they're expanding in the southeast, they're, you can get it in person at a lot of stores in Alabama, Georgia, South Georgia, and Florida, the Panhandle. They're expanding. But if you live outside of this area, they deliver I believe anywhere in the continental United States. I don't know if you're in Hawaii or Alaska, I don't know if they're going to help you out. You but, may be screwed. But, but everybody else should be good. If you go to registermeats.com is the website. And uh, I think it's if you spend over $50, which you should, because um, you should get a lot of registered sausage, I think it's free shipping. So it, they do a great job. It comes in a cooler uh, with ice, and it's uh, always great and delicious, and you should uh, take advantage kind of messed up if you can't get it in alaska like living in alaska is hard enough maybe you can you're telling me you can't get sausage up there maybe ben would figure it out 
Yeah, All you right. get on that, Corey. That'll be your mission. I'm that just you make saying, that. man, it's Alaska. I mean, yeah. it's tough enough up there, man. You have well, to deal with listen, some stuff. If you can't get the sausage to the criminals in Alaska, don't worry about it. Just still <laughs> right. Right. We, we we know what's going on in Alaska. That is a good question. Why do all the why do so many criminals come to Florida? Like, why shouldn't they go to Alaska? Well, they do they go to Alaska. Ira. There's a large oh. percentage of people in Alaska that are shaky. <laughs> okay, well, stop coming to Florida. I mean, I know we've got you know we've got service industry jobs that are, you know, willing to maybe overlook a background check occasionally. I feel like that's the Alaska connection too. It's like, oh, you want to hop on a boat and risk yeah. your life to get these crab? I don't care. I don't need to look at your resume. <laughs> hop on, partner. Hey, did you guys do that when you, so when you were young, like teenage years, maybe first year of college, did you ever look at the back of a Rolling Stone magazine and see all those ads for jobs in Alaska? Like you could spend your summer there doing stuff in the wilderness or on a boat doing crafts. And it, they guaranteed you make like $30,000. I remember thinking, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm glad I did now that the TV show came out and we watched these guys slam their hands up against the cages or go flipping overboard in the freezing icy waters. Um, but I I mean, they promised you could go. All you had to do was just fill out the paperwork and send it off. You were good to go. It smoked six packs a day, apparently. That's that's <laughs> what you see on those on those decks. Yeah. Hey, if, if this radio thing doesn't work out, man. Yeah. You still got you still got a good couple of years in you. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't handle it now. All right, so let's just start with the glorious result of the other night. Obviously, um, you know, I, I joked yesterday on the air that I thought it was fairly evident, even five minutes into the game, that Virginia just didn't have the requisite skill, length, athleticism, talent, coaching to compete with Florida State. Pretty cool to recognize that five minutes into a game. And it had to have been horrifying for Tony Bennett to recognize it, because surely he did. It was uh, obvious to anybody paying attention, this was a mismatch. Nobody wants to weigh in on that. I thought I thought Corey was going to be uh, primed to jump in. but Come on, yeah, I, I'm, it, I'm doing something with my headphones. Can't you see, can't you see me hard at work here? <laughs> um, it... Uh, yeah, no. It, it well, was, actually, it was... I, I'm going to interrupt you because let me tell you something. The masses wanted to hear from you first, anyhow. They know how much you love Tony <laughs> Bennett. They could not That's wait. True. I can't believe you didn't hop on this immediately, buddy. I handed you a softball. It was. Uh, I, I've been contemplating my last the last 48 hours my relationship with Tony Bennett because, like, I watched his post game after that ass kicking, and he was actually decent. He was. He kind of took it in stride. I think he knows what his team is this year. I think he he's come to grips with the fact that Leonard Hamilton's team is superior. Um, but uh, so I felt a little bit bad and so many people tell me he's a good guy. So I'm, I'm kind of rest. I'm a little conflicted. I'm a little conflicted as time has gone on from that fateful press conference when he was a complete ass. Uh, you know, things have, you know, I've mellowed a little bit over time, but, but everybody wants me to, to spew the vitriol. So I feel like I'm, I'm expected to do it. Um, I'm just going to focus on his players who were, were clearly petrified in that game. Like you literally, I, I'm not sure if any of them wept on the court, but, <laughs> but they might've felt like, I mean, when Raekwon Gray and Scotty Barnes were just relentlessly attacking them and going, going challenging their manhood. And they literally just kind of backed down. And then how many shots did they miss at the rim when they were on offense? They were, they were deathly afraid. They stopped even going. After a while, they just stopped. Every time they would drive, they would just back away because they didn't want to get their shot blocked. So uh, I just, that was the most impressive thing to me. Not that FSU won or that they even won convincingly, 
or that they shot well, but the fact that Virginia just seemed to not be up to the challenge physically. I mean, they just, they look like a completely inferior team. Corey, focus on that aspect of it, because even if you're going to try to take a level-handed approach here and say Virginia was tired, they had an off night, or you're going to justify whatever it was that had Virginia get overwhelmed, the truth is, I think that, you know, you don't have to be a very astute basketball observer to look out on the court and recognize that player for player, Virginia can't compete with Florida State. They're not good enough. They're, they're not even in the same ballpark. Uh, well, agreed. I do want to go back. I don't. I don't think. I, I've never been on board with Ira's hate for Tony Bennett. I, I, I hate. I. I hate his style of play. I think it's the Paul Johnson, a much more successful version of Paul Johnson's football. Um, by the way, philosophy. by the way, by the way, Corey, you sound worse than you did before. Yeah, you, you sound it. way worse. You should just take those. Oh, off. do I? Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry, gang. Sorry. Um. Well, hold on. Well, let, uh, let me finish this point. No, it's awful. I mean, okay, you can't just right. unplug hey, whatever you plug guys, in. Guys, yeah, how, guys, about I, how, about I, how about I continue my hatred of, of uh, Tony Bennett real quick? No, no, right. but well, you know, well, well, I appreciate well, that you're looking to be a little bit more moderate because you do recognize nobody shares that opinion. But, all right, so <laughs> that part of it is, is understandable. So that's what's made me a little conflicted. But how about now? How's, oh, how's, my gosh. It's the we, – we, you're back – you're back, Corey. There we go. Out. Hey, I, uh, right on the fly, I did it. So let's – but, yeah. Let me, I, 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 let me finish my point now. Oh. I'm on a roll. So I get it. But at the same time, the way people act – what exacerbates my, my hatred, it's not just that one press, press conference. It's the way people act like he invented college basketball. Right. And the way the announcers just extol all his virtues and he what he does. As Corey was about to say, his style of play is repulsive. And that's why when they're down 20, you know they have very little chance to win because they're they're not used to playing and shooting before there's, you know, 15 seconds left on the shot clock. They're, they're, it's so de- deliberate and boring. They try to bore teams into submission, which they <laughs> they did against North Carolina the game before. And then again, the way they people act like he's the superior coach when just about, you know, I don't know, 60% of the time, as Corey wrote the other day, when he goes up against Leonard Hamilton, he doesn't all of his co- coaching wizardry doesn't seem to amount to a whole lot. But anyway, Corey. Yeah, but he's a, he's a good coach. And, he is and a good coach, but he's not. I, it's not like he's on a different plateau. If he was, sure, his sure, guys would develop you're better. Arguing with me, I, I'm not saying that. I, I'm well, just saying that you 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 seem to think he's a bad person. I've never really gotten that impression that he's a bad person. I can't stand watching his team play unless it's losing by 20 to Florida State. Then it's funny. I cannot like somebody who, and not say they're a bad person. Okay. All right. Well, you said he was an a-hole. Seven you can be an a-hole. You can be an a-hole. I can be an a-hole. <laughs> but still be a good person. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There seem to be conflicting hey. conflicting ideas. Make your own point here. All right. But, yeah, so going back to the, the game itself, um, yeah, man, uh, it, it was they – were, they were – Florida State was better at every position. The Hauser kid just wasn't – he's a really good player, but he, he was a non-factor. And, I mean, I think he had – they get eight points until he hit a meaningless three-point play with two minutes left or something. He was terrible, and so was the Huff kid. And those are their two best, their two best scores. And then, um, you know, if they if they hadn't have just wound up Kihei Clark and said, "Man, you've got to go get to the basket," and please do it before Scotty Barnes and Anthony Polite get in the game. <laughs> uh, let's take advantage of these four minutes where Leonard has now decided again. I want another first-round pick coming off the bench. Like that's just going to be our thing now. So Matthew Cleveland next year, whoever whoever their big time recruit is next year, 
get ready. You know what I mean? Like maybe it'll be the kid from Houston. Get ready because you're not going to start. But um, they're just they were they were so much better at every position, and they guarded so hard. Like Virginia made some plays and made some shots, but they were really good defensively too. I thought. I actually think real quick to put a capper on the first segment. I actually think Virginia made a ton of extremely difficult shots, or they would have lost by forty. Yeah, uh, they it, did. Yeah, the baskets they made were contested. Many of them felt like they were just throwing it up. Like I, I actually came away more impressed with what a good shooting team Virginia might actually be when they're not facing a vastly superior team, like because they made shots they had no business making just to keep it within twenty-one. Well, their yeah. offense was their offense was non-existent in the first half. They right. they literally were just passing. It was just. They looked like they were petrified. It looked like if if we went out and played three on three against Devin Vassell, Trent Forrest, and Patrick Williams, right. and we're just like, I don't want it. Here, you take it. I mean, it was if ridiculous. we did that, could we complete a pass to one another? <laughs> yes. I mean, how big is? The, are we going to? We're playing half we court. Full half court. We're playing yes. half court, but they're honest. Like they're not just letting us catch the Denying. ball. Like, now, look, not... it's not going to be pretty. Don't get me wrong, but I have enough faith in your all's athleticism and my ability to throw accurately to get you a pass. I you think Ira's like Trent I'll... Forrest is going to be like allow Ira to move. I, Trent look, Forrest I'll... could like play just hop on one foot, and Ira's not getting first, away first. from him. First of all, Patrick Williams needs to check me, not not Trent Forrest. <laughs> Second of all, but I, dude, I'm a I am the nastiest screen setter you've ever seen. Okay, I'm getting Cameron free. Okay, there it is. And okay, hey, so say I, you hey, do Corey, get him free, Corey. How do I get the ball around Devin Vassell well, to that's him not deflect the pass? That's that's that a challenge. A now I've got good hands. I've got receptive hands. So what okay. you just got to get in the general vicinity. Maybe also, you just set a down screen, Ira, and then I just throw it at the rim. And Jeff, you go get it. <laughs> I'll go, get, go it. get it. I'll go you, get it. You could probably nutmeg Devin Vassell, I think. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's true. Good point. Now, I also have a quick release. We may even score early, but <laughs> that may be the last Over time. time they might overtake us, but we'll, we'll, punch them in the, we'll punch them in the mouth early and see if they respond. <laughs> Just see what they're made of. That would be good for charity. Not, not three old guys playing a three-on-three game. Who wins between us three and the three NBA players? And we score. But if we can complete a pass, <laughs> if we can get a pass off, and how many? I like the, the idea. Game. We should do that one year in the offseason. If they'll come back and do it, we could raise a lot of money. That'd be hilarious. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So, I mean, what do we reckon then, given the fact that Florida State just dismantled Virginia, and we know the ACC is down, as evidenced by evidenced by Duke and North Carolina. Uh, obviously, we, we've seen Syracuse, and, and, and even to some extent when I watched Louisville play, I, I don't think this is a great version of Louisville. So, we, we, we know it's down, but I, I think, unfortunately for Florida State, because the league did not showcase very well early in the season – and because the narrative had already been started, the idea that there aren't any elite teams in this league seems to be pervasive when you listen to the uh, national commentators and the analysts. I actually think Florida State is nationally elite. Uh, I don't know that they'll always play that way. You know, obviously ratcheting up that level of intensity, is, it's, it's going to be required, but it's really not required until you get into the NCAA tournament. And I think when Florida State plays like we saw them play against Louisville, like we saw them play against Virginia, 
Hell, we've seen them play this way several times this year. There were stretches of that Florida game where, my God, Florida looked like they had no business being on the floor with Florida State. Um, you know, when and you technically consider- Florida really didn't have any business even playing well, that game. Right, that was, later you know, on, yes. Yeah. But I would also say that, you know, listen, Florida State beat Indiana, and Florida State was not at their best. Indiana just got done beating Iowa. People gush about Iowa all the time. I don't know. Bottom you line know, is, I think Florida State's a top 10 team, and I don't really think it's arguable if we're looking at talent, depth, skill, coaching. I think Florida State's is about as good as anybody as I've seen not named Gonzaga or Baylor. One thing I would say, you know, it's interesting you touched on it. The one thing that concerns me about this team from a regular season perspective is when they don't feel challenged by the other team, they can they can coast a little bit, especially yeah. on the defensive side. Leonard Hamilton even brought it up in the post game, which was kind of odd after a 20-point win. But he said, we shouldn't need it to be Big Monday. We shouldn't need to be playing Virginia for us to play like that. And, and he's 100% right because if you look at the games they, they lost, UCF, Georgia Tech, um, you know, the games where they – the other team even kind of challenged them, even the Wake Forest game. Like when the other team kind of got – like you know, the kid uh, from Georgia Tech was all up in their grill and flexing and all that stuff. And the UCF guys were all chest out, kind of, you know, going right at them, challenging their manhood. But Florida State didn't seem to go into the game really respecting them, and they never could really turn it on. And But against teams that they feel like are really good, man, they 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 do look like as good as anybody in the country. To your point, though, in the tournament, that won't be a concern, you wouldn't think. Uh, no, but, but that yeah. does bother you a little bit. Yeah, and look, man, I, I don't know what they can uh, – even if they win out, which is, it's hard to do no matter who you're playing. They're playing ACC teams. Some of them can beat you. But even if you win out, I don't think you can be more than a four seed probably just because you don't get the opportunity for a great a good win, um, maybe a three seed. But the, the, the thing that matters is when you look at this team and you look at its ceiling, and I would say first half Louisville – First half, Virginia, really the whole game against Virginia, other than the first five minutes of the second half. NC State, there are stretches there where you see the ceiling and you're like, okay, well, if they play like that, Gonzaga would have a real hard time with this team. Baylor would have a real hard time with this team. Michigan, like I think those three, maybe Villanova, I think those are the four that you're like, okay, maybe consistently they might be better than Florida State. But other than that, um, man, yeah, this team this team can find that elite level because they do guard you. They make it hard, not impossible, as Wake Forest showed and as, as Kihei Clark showed when he scored like 12 points in two minutes. Not impossible to score, but hard to score. You have to work. And then they can really shoot. They can all shoot. Balsa can shoot, man. And there was nothing fluky about his three other than he took it at the shot. I mean, there, it wasn't like he banked it in. I mean, that was pure. That looked like Cameron. In the in the courts in St. Pete, uh, in, in, uh, about 88, 87, somewhere around there. <laughs> um, so, by the way, so um, you said drawers, obviously, when you would yeah. shoot, yeah, which is weird. I'm, you've never really explained why you're uh, you're dropping your underwear when you say yeah. it. it's a weird underwear. thing to underwear say. Drawers. Yeah. But the other day after the uh, weight game, Scotty Barnes, when he said he kicked it to somebody for a three, he's like, "Look, I kicked it to him. He rose up, and it was straw." So straw, yeah. like I guess the net is yeah. made of straw, maybe or straws. I think is what he said. Like a peach but basket would have been right. Sure. But yeah, how about yeah, peaches? There you go. Like when you make a <laughs> when you switch one, you say peaches. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they can all shoot, man. They can all like they had they had whatever thirteen threes. Like MJ's their most prolific guy, but I think six guys made a three. 
And none of them are fluky. Osborne's no. a good shooter when he's open. Raekwon hasn't shot well this year, but good grief, he's done everything else incredibly well. Raekwon Gray, I should specify. I think it so might have been. I think it might have been seven guys hit threes or something crazy. And actually, I actually just um, posted a story at warchant.com, which people might want to go check out. Um, comparing this year to last year, this team's offensive numbers in just ACC games, now it's 10 versus 20, but it's just ACC games, this year's better than last year's team in almost every category. Their scoring offense is up it's 80.5 points per game compared to 73.7. Their uh, field goal percentage is 50.2 compared to 44.9. Three-point field goal percentage is 43.2 versus 36.9. I mean, assists are up over two a game. Now, this is a worse ACC than last year, so you have to take that into consideration. And they've gotten to play seven of their 10 ACC games at home, which is an advantage. And but, don't forget, but, there's it's a little bit of addition by subtraction when you get rid of people like Forrest and Vassell. That's what I'm I saying, like though. I feel like the offense can flow a little better. But that's what I'm saying, like – we at the end of last year, we all the reason everybody was so dejected about not going to the NCAA tournament was because man, this might have been Leonard Hamilton's shot. Well, hell, man, this team could be Leonard Hamilton's shot. Yeah, yeah. And next year's team. Yeah, and next probably year's the year after that. There's sustainability, and each team is going to be unique in their own right, but they're going to be talented and they're going to be deep and they're going to be unselfish. So, like, we just got to get used to the fact now that this is the deal, this is what the program is. That's been my talking point for months, you know, and I've been beating the drum like, look, guys, Corey, we were arguing about it at the beginning of the year. I thought the upside of this team might be better than last year's team. It's it's not to di diminish what last year's team was, and it's certainly I'm not going to ignore the fact that they had two freaking lottery picks, but Scotty Barnes is going to be a lottery pick, and they've got pros on this team all over the place. So they, they the depth of talent, the shooting ability of this team is definitely better than last year's team. So I mean, I, I think their upside, you were just talking about ceiling. Their ceiling is to win the national championship. Yeah. They can yep. win the national championship. They could be, They. I think what Monday night proved, and maybe it had already been proven, but, you know, Virginia, uh, Virginia's lost two games this year like that. One was to Florida State. The other one was to Gonzaga. I, I think Florida State, to me anyway, proved on Monday night, okay, because that Virginia's still a good team, and they're still pretty elite defensively. I know they were awful. They didn't play not, They didn't play well, but Florida State had a lot to do with that. And I think we, yeah, when you when you break it down, Florida State can beat anyone in the country. That was one, Any, one of the anyone one of, in the country. That that to me yeah. was hammered home Monday night. Yeah, there's no doubt. One of the funny questions in Tony Bed's press conference, which we've all gotten a joy now to watch the opposing press conferences to see what they have to say about these and, and what kind of questions they get. But one of the one of the questions you I guess couldn't one, wait to get on Tony. Oh Bennett man, press conference. I was asking you. Remember? Yeah, you're what like, I, can I, I you think you? I should get on Tony? And I'm like, no, nah, man, we, they'll they'll post it afterwards. He's like, no, nah, I just where's that Zoom link? <laughs> Because that's the challenge this year is like in your normal times, non-pandemic times, we go to the same room for both press conferences. They'll bring in the visiting coach yeah. and then they leave and then they bring in Leonard Hamilton and maybe some players. But now it's all on Zoom and it's all at the same time. So you kind of have to choose. So I was like, I was, telling, I was like, should I get on Bennett's instead of Leonard's? Um, but anyway, I went back and watched it. And one of the questions, I guess they're, they are one in three against ranked teams. And so they oh, asked him. Oh, and three against top twenty-five. I thought top twenty teams. Oh, and three. Uh, maybe I thought they said one and three, but I could be wrong. Yeah, but they, they uh, ask when they play good teams. But you know, and he was like, "Well, I mean, those are you know, those are those are good teams. I mean, they're you know, which I was is you know, they're, I I think is a no duh answer because I think it's it's true. Um, but particularly, you know, against there's no shame in losing to Gonzaga. There's no shame in losing to Florida State. But what's amazing is just how they literally 
they looked like they they weren't they wanted no part of FSU. And what was interesting about that is going back to when Virginia really started to take off. When when Parentes got there, when those when that group Malcolm Brogdon those guys got there, I remember I covered. I went up when I was at the paper, and I went up and covered that Brooklyn tournament in FSU. I think FSU played them up there, where they played them somewhere, and they got into a, like a scrape. Uh, uh, what's it? Okara White got into yeah. a scrape with their guys, and then they got into another fight another time, and you could tell those Virginia guys were like, okay, it was a different Virginia type team. We hadn't really seen that from Virginia in a long time. They were scrappy and aggressive and tough, and that's kind of been their calling card the last few years. This team doesn't seem like they have that. Well, I, I don't think they're physical enough, and I don't think they're, you know, when you look at them compared to Florida State's players, that's really not a good matchup for Virginia. That's never going to be a good matchup for Virginia. These two teams could play in a seven-game series. Florida State wins that series four games to two. And 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 the two they don't win, it's because Virginia shoots the lights out, and maybe, maybe. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio, continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So now I wonder what we grow to expect. I mean, I, Corey, you said it earlier. Yeah, it would. it's like as good as I can proclaim them to be and as they look the other night and as their talent suggests they are, the truth is a long, arduous season means you get various levels of intensity game to game. You've got your legs in some games, others you don't. This season's even weirder than that, more convoluted than, than a normal season because of all these long delays. Uh, we don't even know as we sit here and record this today on a Wednesday whether or not Saturday's game is going to be played as scheduled against uh, Virginia Tech, or unless something I, I I went to bed early last night. I don't know if anything was announced or not, but uh, it, it hasn't it hasn't come out yet. But there there's definitely uh, by the time this airs, it may be out. But yeah, when we're recording this this morning, it hasn't come out yet. But I mean, it, it sounds like it's leaning towards maybe being postponed. Well, and the interesting part yeah, about that is get somebody. I guess everybody else has games. I'm well, like, the, one thing I'll say, Corey, to that point, I was going to segue to that. I know they want to play another game, and I know they're looking to do that. Now, there are all kinds of rumors about what could happen, but potentially maybe a game against Pitt is possible. Go so, get UCF again. <laughs> Come on, boys. Let's play you. Now that you're 6-12 and 12, uh, or whatever they are, they've, they've fallen off a cliff. Come play this Florida State team. Yeah, so, I mean, I think I, – I, I know they want to play this game. Uh, they're desperately wishing to play this game. I'd like them to play this game, by the way. Virginia Tech beat Virginia as well. I sure yeah. would like to see Virginia Tech-Florida State just from a matchup standpoint to see, is Virginia Tech more physical? Is Virginia Tech – what did they do to beat Virginia solidly the same way that Florida State did? I'd love for that matchup to happen. Uh, obviously, when Florida State got a second chance at Clemson, they took care of business. But I'd love to see this matchup against Virginia Tech. I don't, I don't know if we're going to get it or not, which is most unfortunate. And um, I, well, the whole I, thing's know. unfortunate, man. Like, how fun would this team team be to watch for a four month stretch? And yeah, with the, the, and, and with and with twelve thousand people in the Civic Center. Yeah, man, it would be oh, like oh, that Monday night, night would have been about like, that. Yeah. Yeah, when Bossa hits that three, that place, it would have been like uh, almost like Patrick Williams against Louisville. Like it would have yeah. just, the roof would have been blown off the place. Yeah. It, we don't get that. You just don't, this season is just this season, which is a bummer. Um, so my my feeling is, I think it's we're about a month away from the tournament, I think. Yeah. Just you, you try to avoid another stoppage and try to be healthy for that tournament. Like I don't care if you're a four seed, a two seed, or a six seed. We now know what this ceiling is if this team is playing well. So just hope to hope that you get to the tournament 
don't have any positives, and you can go and be at full strength for that tournament. That's 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 what the next 25 days should be focused on. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but one I do want to lament one more thing. And somebody point, I think it was Tom, it was either Tom Lang or Eric Eggers, one of them pointed out to me that when Balsa, or excuse me, I think when Scotty, they went to a timeout and Scotty Barnes is like extolling the the crowd of 1,100 people or whatever it was, 2,000 people, um, is they're going to a timeout after Balsa's three. He was really kind of doing it so that they would like celebrate Balsa. Like yeah. it was it, it, it was just a cool moment. And Scotty Barnes playing to a full packed house, his personality would be just unbelievable. I mean, I just think it would be so much fun. So that that part is going to always kind of bother me. He would love the season. I, he strikes me as a kid that would legitimately maybe take his shorts off after a, after he dunked on somebody. <laughs> would take his shorts off and throw them into the crowd. <laughs> My thought is there's going to be an overzealous official in the very near future that is going to tee him up. My only thing, as much as I love his emotion and enthusiasm, and I think it comes from a wonderful place, you don't have to celebrate every layup, man. You do not have to celebrate every made basket. It's okay if you score to make it six four in the first. Let's just let's just chill All right. out. All right, old man. Relax, no, buddy. Relax. No. Hey, what? Relax. No, no, no. Ira, Ira, what did I say? Hey, There's going to be an overzealous official. That I'm, it's not me. Don't do that. <laughs> I got you. I hear you. But when you started in on the uh, don't you know act well, like you you've don't been have there. to celebrate every I, basket. You're too good I, to do that. I got you. I got you. But man, he. It, it, that that attitude is what they need, and that's what part of what when they feel challenged. Part of it is you know it's guys like him and Sadar Calhoun who you know played his butt off as well that give them some of that energy. Um, but yeah, to Corey's point, you know it's 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 all going to be about what happens when the regular season's over because when they go to that ACC tournament, from what I understand, they've got to you know they've got to pass a bunch of tests you know day day after day to get to be able to be at the ACC tournament. Then from there, they're going to have to go. I think they're going directly to the NCAA tournament. Like, I don't think, I think it's basically going to be this bubble of college yeah. basketball teams. And then the whole time they're at the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis, as long as you're winning, you're staying in Indianapolis. And like, they, uh, they don't want family around. They don't have, it's going to be a bizarre situation. Um, but as we've seen this season, the teams with the maturity and, and veterans and leadership have done better after pauses, which Florida State certainly has done. So you, you'd like to hope that maybe they'd be a team that does well. You know, like my, the Miami Heat were so good in the bubble last year because they just were, they loved each other. It was a great team. You'd like to hope that what Florida State has would translate as well. Hey, by the way, by the way, so to the point that you're making about the not just veteran leadership and the depth of talent and all that handling delays really well because they love you know, they stick together, they love each other, they love being around each other. Uh, I love that, you know, TV does catch the celebrations the way that, you know, Florida State celebrates each other better than almost any team I've seen in America. It's beautiful to watch. It is. But 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 I but I would also say like that it that became not only evident watching, you know, if you've watched any Florida State games this year, I'm just talking about the average fo you know, guy that comes in and tunes into a game like this, like these guys really love each other. But also I was thinking with Duke's situation playing out the way it did, it made me think about what this what this program is right now compared to that program in terms of the togetherness and the wanting to be around each other even when they're not playing basketball. Like, I, I dare say there's no chance somebody's opting out at Florida State given the current <laughs> circumstances. That's all I'm saying. Um, that Like, they love to play together. They love to be around each other. They love their coaches. They hang out all the time together even when they're not playing basketball. Like, you're not walking away from that the way the kid did at Duke. 
Yeah, it's just, weird that you would say that you you Florida State right now, and I'm talking about right now, this specific moment. Right. Um, February 18th, 2021, has a better culture than Duke. Right. But it, it probably does, and a lot of that it lends itself to so many one-and-dones at Duke. There aren't a lot of veterans that get to push the culture and push the yep. lead and have leadership. You've got Raekwon Gray, who's a fourth-year player, MJ Walker, Wilkes, Polite. Those are all fourth-year guys. Malik Osborne's a fourth-year college basketball player. That that stuff matters, and they're good, and they play well. The usually the guys that are Duke for three or four years are terrible. They're the guys like they just they aren't going to play in the league. They might not play basketball ever again. They're like the Jack Whites of the world, and people like that. Those are the fourth year guys that do. Well, they don't. And, they're not typically MJ Walkers. Yeah, all these schools. You know, Kentucky's the same way. Uh, the schools that are relying so much on the young players, especially it's a tough with the season for them. Yeah, with the quarantine and yeah. everything else, it's going to make it tougher. So. Yeah, Obviously, I mean, I, it's I, worked out overall for Calipari and K to go the one-and-done <laughs> route. I dare say they've won some games this way. But you get a kid like Jalen Johnson who's not playing well, who's hurt, who feels like he's benched. He has nothing invested. He's not invested in that team. Yeah, no, all the I'm not really is, invested in them. And this is a relatively recent phenomenon for Duke, by the way. They weren't that team for a long time. They did build. Uh, yeah, it was until uh, he, got yeah. the, he became the USA head coach. Yeah, he I was going to say, but it's. Connections. Yeah, it's been a while now. I mean, that's longer than you think. I mean, that was, it's been a while. Right. But I think it's created, yeah, I think you see the yeah. evidence that, listen, that's not a one happy family. <laughs> that's the, those are those are mercenaries. They don't really care about being at Duke. Yeah, and that's um, what, it stinks that this is the way this has played out. For the There are a lot of things we don't like about this season, but it does really play to a program like Florida State and Leonard Hamilton. The one other thing I wanted to mention, you talked about the TV and the celebrations. Like, we all, a lot of us, I mean, I kind of bristled when I saw what the benches looked like. I think feel like, you know, look, I take the pandemic very seriously. Um, it is odd to me that you can play, uh, bang on each other an entire game. You can huddle up, you can do all these things, but you can't sit near each other during the game. That's it's, it's a little bit odd, but the nice thing about it is it's created a nice mosh pit. It's awesome. Because yeah. <laughs> nobody's sitting, they're all just running around. I mean, that clip on Twitter is just crazy. You got... Tanner Nagam, I mean, he's been here like six minutes, and he's running around like 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 he just hit the lottery. Yeah, I mean, it, it reminds you of when you go to like back when we used to go to bars and listen to live music or clubs. There'd be a band, and everybody's at the front close to the band. But if you back away a little bit, there's a little more room to dance. You know what I mean? There's a little yeah. more room in the club to dance and get after it. And it's like they're in that part of the club where they can, if it move, if it, the mood hits them, if the music flows through them. They can run back and forth like they, you know, it's incredible how much space they have. They can like get a when, running start and jump on each other. Like when it's like a jam band and there's a bunch of hippies and they're just, you know, they're not making any sense to what they're, they're just gyrating yeah. in different directions. Yeah, like Dave Matthews Band. Yeah. Like if you're listening to Dave Matthews Band, you have a, well, a space to run around. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the hour before we get to headliner questions. We appreciate those questions always. Printing them out right here. Got my sheet, boys. Nice. Hey, I got something for you, Jeff. You, you, I'll take the. I'll lead this one. Oh, First, cool. I wanted to say, we haven't mentioned them really by name, but I... Is Raekwon Gray an NBA basketball player? Okay, so this is a great question because it does come up in headliner questions. And I got a text in the middle of the Virginia game from Tom Lang who said, man, are you beginning to get a little worried? 
And he meant it, you know, obviously we all want Raekwon to come back. <laughs> and I, listen, I certainly do not view him anywhere close to the kind of player that Patrick Williams is, for example. Like we knew midway through last year, oh, the, the gig is up. Yeah. Kids yeah. figured it out. Things are slowing down for him. Um, and when, you know, when you're starting to get comparisons to three or four of the best players in the league, uh, you're going to have a hard time keeping him. Raekwon Gray would never be confused with one of those kinds of uh, potentially great superstars in the NBA. But he's gone, in my mind, from being a guy that's going to play professional basketball somewhere to a guy who has a chance to play professional basketball in the NBA. Like, it's like he's, he's the best. Is, is he what? the best player on the team? Yes. Right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's been it, – he has stretches anyway. I think Barnes is probably the most talented. MJ maybe – MJ's the best scorer. But Raekwon Gray does so many things. Yes. Uh, and you remember, you know, three years ago, it was like, oh, look, the tubby kid can play a little bit. That's yeah. kind of cool. Like, look, he's the, the round mound of some, you know, good passes. Now he's like legitimately a force on each end of the floor. Yes. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's been just remarkable. He's a really, really good college basketball player. He's an, he's an outstanding college basketball player. And uh, two things. One, I think it was like three or four years ago, none of us thought Terrence Mann was going to be an NBA player. He's not just an NBA player. He's on the best team in the league and, like, is a valued part of the team. My man started the other night and <laughs> yep. played 37 minutes and had 15-7-3. Uh, yeah. and three. The We didn't think Trent Forrest had a chance to play in the NBA. He's on the Jazz roster. Now, we'll see if he ends up playing, but he's on the Jazz roster. Raekwon Gray, I mean, and again, talking to people in the program, they will get they'll yell at you if you suggest that he's not an NBA player. They think he's a legitimate NBA player and a possible starter in the NBA. Uh, he doesn't look like what Patrick Williams looks like, but to be that size, to run the point, to do all the things he could do to defend the way he defends, he's a pretty un unbelievable college basketball player. And the, the the game the other day, dude, I mean, like I thought he just took over that game in the first half. He just, I mean, any and any time Florida State didn't get anything going offensively, he just decided, okay, I'm going to the basket. And it's not just bull rushing people. Some of the moves he makes, I mean, his footwork's amazing. He's yeah. got a nice touch. I mean, dude, that dude is unreal. So as much as I, I, I would like to see him not only – I'd love to see him come back next year. I don't think it's happening. I think if you look at the focus he's brought, he looks to me like Xavier Rhodes that last year. He's even acting like Xavier Rhodes his last year at FSU where you – like Xavier Rhodes just started kind of talking more freely. When Raekwon Gray said a month or two months ago that they thought they were the best team in the country just matter-of-factly, like he's a different guy, and you you saw what he did to himself physically. You see the way he plays. I think he's determined to to go after this year, which stinks a little bit. But at the same time, how much better could he get? I mean, he's well. He's, that's the part I was just about to bring up. My concern is that whether you think he's going to make an NBA roster, be an NBA starter, it doesn't really matter. We, we're we're quibbling over nothing. I don't mean we are, but I'm just saying like there are degrees to which we think he can have an impact in the NBA. The bottom line is we're talking about the NBA instead of Europe because we're now believing that he can be an NBA player and he may believe that he's a starter in the NBA and that's fine. And I I I want that for him. Um but my my biggest fear was there's nowhere really else for him to go. He's not going to get any better here. Like this is as good a year as he can have. That's not saying that he's reached his ceiling because there's no, you know, he doesn't have things to work on. It's saying that, like, I think he's, we've watched it before our very eyes. He's become such a complete player. Why would you come back? He's in great shape. He dedicated himself to fitness. Obviously, Ira, you mentioned the skill. The skill is there. Corey hit that three early in the game the other night. 
um, from from deep on the left side. And it was so silky smooth, that release, right? It's all net. Ham's yeah. been telling us for a while, look, he can really shoot it. I believe it. We've seen stretches where he can really shoot it. If he's more consistent, and he'll have to be when he goes to the league, you know, then who knows what his potential is. But I don't know that it would do him any good to come back here. And I hate having to say that out loud because I want him to come back here. Yeah, and technically he would still just be a junior next year if he came back. He'd be a redshirt junior, so he could technically have two more years left. So, yeah, look, he could he could shoot better from three. Um, that, that would be the one thing. Maybe getting a little bit better shape, but I think he's one of those guys that you don't want him to slim down too much. That's part of his game is to be big. Um, but yeah, I was going to say like he, he's made 12 free throws in a row right now. He made a, he had a stretch of 14 or 15 free throw makes in a row earlier in the season. So if you shoot free throws like that, like Balsa, you feel like, okay, you can extend that range a little bit and be a good shooter. But I wanted to pivot a little bit guys, because I, I don't think I've ever been more excited. I haven't been more excited about a Florida state football decision in probably five years than I was in the Duquesne game. So they, for the people that don't know, no way they scheduled instead of having to play Notre Dame, it's Notre Dame, right? It's next year. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of having to play open with Notre Dame, because why wouldn't you open with, you know, a top 12 team like Florida state loves to do, they get to open up with Duquesne. So they're going to be one and oh guaranteed almost. Well, if they're not look, man, have a good day. (laughs) Good luck. But they're going to be one and oh for the first time since 2016. Let's just Let's just wear it. Let's just wear it. Yes. Somebody yes. Some, somebody actually texted me last night and said, make sure you tell Corey that he's finally going to get his wish. FSU is going to start a season with a win. You know, it's actually so it's interesting. It's the 2022 season, right? So it's yeah. for LSU. Yeah. And that's that's what's kind of interesting about yeah. it is we, we knew the date for LSU was September 4th, the game in New Orleans. So we figured that was going to be the season opener against LSU, which didn't seem – I don't know. We'll we'll see what LSU is two years from now. But that's obviously going to be a tough challenge for an FSU team coming off of you know maybe a seven or possibly eight win season. But to get that game into week zero was a big deal. And and they it's actually kind of clever what they did. They by Duquesne can play that week apparently because they're going to Hawaii that year. Ah. And if you, and if you're playing at Hawaii, they they let you play the week zero. So that's how FSU got in that spot. I think it's brilliant for FSU to, to get a tune-up game for that LSU game and, as Corey said, to finally get off to a one Now, they might be one to know this year, Corey. Yeah, yeah, you're but, right. But, but they definitely will be in 2022. By the way, I looked up because I did not know in earnest that Duquesne had a football team. I can't either. say that about but I did not know that they did. So I went to their press. You know, I looked up at their website. I got to be honest with you guys. I know sometimes I could be a little boastful little boisterous, moderately obnoxious. I looked at some of those kids and I thought, I could maybe play with some of those guys right now. Right now. <laughs> I, I, I'm not... <laughs> like you, you looked at their pictures? Oh, I looked at them in uniform. In uniform. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I thought, I was like, man, Bryce could play there right now. Like, this yeah. is, this ain't good. This <laughs> is a scary deal for the kids at Duquesne. I know. Hey, guys, I'm sorry. I know this is bulletin board material for Duquesne. <laughs> Absolutely. Play this clip, hey. But I'm telling they, you. They are no. from the hard scrabble of Pittsburgh, though. Yeah. So they're, they're, just, they're so, they got some what for that I don't know if the Cameron boys have down uh, here in South Tallahassee. I got to tell you, man, Etsu would have beat that Duquesne team by 40. I'm just looking at that roster. I feel like you're making a lot of judgments on covers of books. You're not reading the books. <laughs> Let's see what they look like on the field, man. Okay. Don't, don't laugh. 
blasphemy well, these Duquesne kids. Uh, well, listen, I'm sure they're good kids. Probably good people with good parents. Uh, <laughs> Try hard. Education. Buy education there at Duquesne. Uh, well, I, man, I was excited. Aslan told me that yesterday when we were recording the show, and I'm like, man, what? Really? They, and it's like absolutely Florida State. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Your fans love these games. Like, it's really cool the thought of what we're out and about going to New Orleans in a year and a half. That'll be really neat. But it'd certainly be a lot cooler for Florida State fans if you were 1-0 and instead of, oh, God, here we go again. What's this going to look like? You know, we got a risk after the big win against Duquesne going to New Orleans with a little bit of a, a little bit of the big head. Yeah, Maybe, well, that's true. A little bit of the big head. It you know, could you be like be the Sanford before Oklahoma <laughs> in 2010. But that's fine. At least you were one. Even after the Oklahoma debacle in 2010, you know what? You're 1-1. One 1-1. One. One one. Still yeah. tasted a victory. Yeah. Hour number two, fourth Kelly headliner questions. Hang in. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next.